Welcome to the Department of Homelander Security, the officially unofficial podcast for the boys on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season nine, or sorry, season two, episode six, The Bloody Doors Off. Uh, I think I know what this is about. It's probably one of those double entendre, uh, dual meaning kind of titles, because they literally blow some doors off this episode. But also... I do. They're trying to blow the doors off this plot, right? This this Vought plot. Uh, and they're not getting too too much of a, a point here. You know, the lamplighter clues them in a little bit, but still got a long way to go to uncover this thing. Yeah, no. Um, that lot, lots of blow, doors got blown off. Um, I, yeah, I was trying to think of, like, what exactly this meant, because, you know, blowing the doors off something usually refers to, like, being beat in a race. I always think of that, yeah. like, oh, I blew the doors off somebody. Um, blowing the lid off something is more of a revelation of plot. Right. But also, like, door there's really... not just a, ver- a vertical lid? Horizontal lid? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's doors got blown off. Like, doors got ripped off and crushed by... What's her name? Cindy? Uh-huh. But I, 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 otherwise, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but a lot of these titles have been kind of uh, loosey-goosey mystifying. Yeah, every title feels like it's being written by Butcher, doesn't it? It does. It does a little bit. It does. <laughs> but also, I caught him using a piece of uh, like Australian slang when he says uh, uh, "have a gecko." I thought that was going to be some kind of Coxney rhyming slang that it's like you know you you roll that through a different couple different translations that it, it rhymes something eventually rhymes with hook. You know, like Barney. You're in Barney. Sure. Barney rubble trouble. Uh, but it turns out, I guess it's like uh, an Australian thing for like geckos having those weird eyes and like like having like a real intense look at something is having a gecko. So what the fuck, butcher? Yeah, pick pick a nationality. Are you New Zealander? Yeah, pick, are you pick British? Are you Australian? What are you? Pick a lane, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping up. What type of uh, English English speaking white dude you are? What do you think of this episode? For the CIA. I mean, it's yeah, right. Yeah. Is he even Amer- FBI? My ass is he's not even American. Uh, what do yeah. you think of this episode? Uh, I love this episode. I thought it was great. Um, I, I I'm intensely curious with how they're going to deal with the uh, Homelander situation that is brewing, and this just like kicks it into a whole nother level. Like with Stormfront's involvement with him, God, it's it's not going to go good places from here. And I like how, you know, last episode they rounded out Mother's Milk's character to last two episodes. And this episode, yeah. we finally got some real solid development for Frenchie. Like, what is making yeah. him tick? Why is he so fucking crazy? Why is he involved with drugs? Um, and those answers I found were mostly mostly satisfying. Yeah, I even like the... Um, that question that we've had for the last couple episodes has been answered. Yep. Yep. Uh, I thought there was some interesting stuff about what Vought's up to at their little research facility. Um, yeah. Was nothing. It was had nothing to do with some kind of super secret racist organization of uh, wealthy and elites meeting in this the redwoods of California. So yeah, whiff, swinging a whiff on that. But uh, what they did come up with, like there was some really interesting and disgusting and amazing weird misfire superpowers going on in that facility which was a lot of fun and uh yeah i mean I, I, uh, even seeing stuff like starlight and butcher come up with a relationship that's not 
you know, dependent on like Huey. It, it feels like slowly we're morphing into an actual team rather than just yeah. a bunch of random cool people who some of us used to know and some of us know like it's it's it feels like it's becoming more of a an integrated group and I like that. And we've talked about, you know, how we think there's going to be this division between like previous 7 uh working with the boys and Homelander's new version of the 7 and how they might clash. Uh it seems like they're building toward that uh with, you know, Maeve and A-Train and uh the Deep all kind of coming together. You know, will Starlight be able to bring them over effectively to the boys? I have no idea, but we'll see. Um, the other thing that you did call, you know, maybe, okay, we're not, you know, we're not up on everything, but you did kind of call that they would find the plane wreckage, right, from the Homelander uh, incident where he lasered that well, plane in is... half and killed those people, and they would use this to somehow further the plot that Maeve has to take him down. Well, I, I felt like that was a little bit swing and a miss because, like, I I think what they found is the as a GoPro from someone who was filming the jetliner that went down to him and Maver on, not yeah. the one that he lasered the that had the mayor or whatever. Um, but oh, it's pretty is that much. What you yeah, were I thought you meant the yeah. jet. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the jet that they lasered and left all those people to die in. No, 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 no. The one that the and, and that was more of like Homelander could have probably saved it. He just chose not to because it would be more effective to blame it on Super Terror and get, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but it's still, yeah, the deep came up with some plane wreckage. I'll take partial credit for that. Sure. I think it's deserved. <laughs> yeah. And I did afterwards go back. I'm like, was I inventing that? But like, no, Madeline came to him and said something about the deep finding some wreckage. So like uh, that, that all checked out. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, and I also think from a psychological standpoint, it's very interesting that Star Stormfront is essentially the real version of what Madeline was just playing at. Like Stormlander's got this mommy Oedipus con- complex about mother figures, and she is revealed quite literally to be his mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, quite metaphorically, Madeline. literally. Yeah. <laughs> his mother she's the wife of the man who created uh um and then it's like it's like all this kind of weird incestual family dynamics it seems like it for whatever reason really fascinates uh homelander in a sexual way that uh it's yeah. like mother sister wife kind of all oh, it's really getting his his uh i don't know his milk milk glands his milk salivary glands flowing <laughs> great <laughs> sure yeah. Uh, yeah it seems like so they've they've managed to somehow bring me around to the side of the shining light organization. Like if you've got a a super powered corporation that's trying to cause a race war here and and take you out, what's your recourse? It's to create yeah. your own fucking soups and fight them, right? Like and and their methods may not be uh the the best, but you know, they're got they got to do what they got to do. Um, yeah, it's it's I think we're struggling with a lot of that right now in, in present day America is like, you know, um, it's very hard to decide morally and ethically where you stand on something until you decide, like, what are what are the mul- out of all the multiple causes? What are they fighting for? Mm-hmm. And then where do you stand on the by any means necessary rhetoric? Like sure. if there is evil to be oppressed, is there a limit to which you will not stoop to suppress that evil? Um and your answers to those two questions tell a lot about where you're going to stand on different issues. And you're you're right, like, you know, um, that's it's like the other show, like Raised by Wolves. That's really Scott is, is also dealing with, like, you know, is is child soldiers cool if you're standing in the way of like and not 
who knows? Uh, you, you pray never to be put in those type of situations. But um, yeah, and it kind of depends it, on how powerful the other side is as well. Like you've yeah, you might need and to what they're trying to extreme measures to deal with somebody who's extremely powerful. Yes, yes. So, uh, but I think all this stuff is very fascinating, and it's wild that we only have what two more episodes left. Like, there's yeah. a it feels like there's so much ground left to cover. But on if you look back, we've covered a lot of ground too. So, yeah, we sure have. Uh, and they're really pointing this in an interesting direction. I'm super excited for the next two. All right, let's get into the recap. Uh, we start off with a flashback. Eight years ago, uh, Frenchie is hanging out with Sherry, warming up for a bank robbery uh, with a conversation about Golden Girls. And also, I don't know his other friend's name, but he's there as well. I don't either. Yeah. Some dude who's going to DOA before he's relevant to the plot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he's, I mean, he, his DOA is relevant to the plot. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, but uh, I it I love how they introduced the the Golden Girls, which is weirdly culturally relevant. Like people have rediscovered the the Golden Girls as a comfort food of television. It's maybe it's like something their grandmas like to watch, their moms like to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But I've heard from multiple people I respect that, that show fucking holds up and is having a renaissance now on streaming. And the way they brought it back at the end of the episode after I'd kind of forgotten the conversation is yeah. one of the reasons I love this show. Yeah. And Golden Girls has a bit of a reputation uh, as far as I'm aware, because I haven't seen much, if any, of the Golden Girls uh, for, you know, at least one of the characters has like a uh, semi foul you know foul for for network television kind of mouth uh yeah. like t- you know take no shit from anybody kind of vibe to her right right uh i don't know which one it is but you know in in the context of the boys which is this over the top sort of in your face gory and violent thing i feel like there's some commonality there like just the slightest bit of it yeah, it's subversive. The fact that you had these yeah. old women. I think you're, you're. I can't really tell if you're talking about Blanche. Um, I don't know their names. Or Dor- or um, or Dorothy's mom. Uh, because the, yeah, the Estelle, the, I think, I think was one. the the old one. She's like had the really sharp acid tongue. Yeah. But Blanche was just like a a golden girl uh, hoe, man. She was like all <laughs> right. like that. This was very subversive. The idea that your grandparents are like having an active sex life and courting men like Dick Van Dyke and whatnot. Like I remember that was one of the ones I think the dude she dated. Uh, yeah. So like golden girls were the boys of the time. <laughs> sure. That sounds right to me. Yeah, no problem. Betty White. Also, that's the other thing. Betty White played super Snow White and Innocent um, in that show. She's real life. Pretty blue. She also blew, Lake blew up a whale, ran a boat right through a whale in that show. Damn. Damn, did not check know that fact. But if you want to see her square off against giant alligators, check out Lake Placid. She's delightful. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so Frenchie removes... We're back in modern day. Frenchie removes Annie's chip with a rotary tool. Uh, has a little trouble getting through her skin, which this is just, you know, another one of those generic superhero traits, right? The, the super resistance. And this is... So this is something that I always wonder about in superhero stories like if you've got somebody who can jump a hundred feet into the air their the muscles in their legs have to be structured that they can support that kind of movement and that kind of you know force Mm -hmm. and the bones Mm -hmm. in their body needs to need to be denser and stronger and it seems like they're leaning into that with the boys yeah 
Like, uh, it's uh, it's always like a Superman trope, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, Superman's dying because he got exposed to kryptonite, and this, uh, you know he's getting better when the doctors try to stick him with the needle, and the needle just kind of... Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, he's got his invulnerability. You know, if Superman gets colorectal cancer, what do they got to do? They got to go in there with, like, uh, Kryptonian scalpels to, oh, yeah. to, 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 to resection his bowel? Absolutely. Superman with the colostomy bag? Is that what we're... No, I, I, I thought it was like nice. He's got this like diamond wheel cutter and he's going at it just to get just this, this tiniest little bit of incision. Yeah. Um, I, It makes me wonder if they could have even chipped like Homelander or, or Translucent, right? Like, how do you chip Translucent without it coming back out? Like, have him swallow something, but then it just works its way through him. That's a uh, damn fine question. How did they? They must have chipped Homelander at some point. Yeah, um, I mean, he's. Be- I guess you could chip them before they become soups, right? I guess that's yeah. Before why they're still a baby, you just in, you you put the chip in at that point. Yeah. Um, or I wonder if like you could also instill some instill some kind of port when they're a child, so you can like if you you can access it and renew it if you need to. But uh-huh. um, now that would be interesting. And is the. When I was watching this, I felt like the show, and sometimes the show does this. It it doesn't give a moment as much weight as I thought, and then it turns out that like, you know, there wasn't that much weight behind it. But it feels like her taking her tracking chip out is her going rogue. Yeah. Like she can't just go back to the seven at this point, right? I don't think so. Hey, uh, you. We kind of we half of us all at least medium or more suspect you of playing fast and loose with this compound v revelation and now you've taken your tracking chip out we just want to talk starlight i don't i think this is kind of like her joining the boys but it didn't feel like that big of a moment for some reason so i don't know whether they're going to explain this away at some point um or she's going to keep the tracker in her pocket and just kind of like keep track plus the fact that they did this in their underground layer they -hmm. removed a tracking chip in the location of their hideout that seems kind of crazy too but yeah, they maybe the boys... needed just like a quick conversation between like, you know, the argument that Huey and, and uh, Butcher are going to have over Annie being part of this in the first place. Have it before they de-chip her. Um, and that way it, it tells us like, OK, it makes it more of a moment, right? When they actually decide to do it. No, I agree. I agree. But I think that boys sometimes plays fast and loose with the little details. Yeah. Um so I again, I'm not sure if we're supposed to, if, if I'm understanding this correctly or if this is actually going to be something to where, you know, she can slip still slip back in and out of the seven at, at will. All right. Homelander and Stormfront stop someone from committing a crime. Uh, unfortunately, instead of taking him to the police, they decide to murder him and then get it on essentially in his remains uh, that that it, this relationship has escalated quickly, like. Stormfront last episode, you know, they they do the laser my tits and they bang and all that, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. man, they've just gone straight to the oh, this relationship is just entirely based on how fucked up these characters are. Uh and and yeah, I I thought the the murder bang was like a third date kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, no, they're for, uh, they're fucking. I mean, it's it's like she's giving like an over the costume handy when he crushes the dude's face, and then they're just fucking over his corpse, and then they're making out, and you, they're like bits of his brain matter and blood are running down his their faces, and it's mm-hmm. um, it, it felt vampiric. It felt like something that goes on in like a Bram Stoker type of 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it paints them as like, you know, because like vampires, uh, attractive, glamorous monsters. Mm-hmm. It does uh, paint them uh, both as, as as monstrous in this. Um, but I do I do like how they subvert kind of like one of my favorite things about Spider Superman is like when he just shows up to stop petty crime. Like there's that scene in the first Richard Donner Superman where like the guys are robbing a boat and he just kind of goes there and is kind of fucking with them because what can they do? Like a dude hits him with a crowbar and it bends over his head and it's like hurting and it's like vibrating and Superman's like bad vibrations friend. And you know, he just got to lift them off the boat <laughs> and drop them off the police station. Like there's like, it's like the finger of God coming down and doing something to you. And it's like very wholesome and fun because Superman would never hurt these guys. And this Superman <laughs> crushes a dude's skull. Uh, yeah. Why he's getting, getting a handy. What a guy. Yeah. It's fucked up. Before we go out the scene, though, someone mentioned to us last week, I believe, or maybe it was during our uh, live watch um, on Sci-Fi Sundays. Every Sunday on Twitch.tv, we uh, culminate with uh, watching the uh, this this week's episode of The Boys. They asked us if we knew that like um, uh, Stormfront was gender bent from the comics. Apparently, she's a, a dude in the comics. Huh? No, I didn't know that. And now that they are fucking. I'm really wondering if that plot was in the comics and it kind of goes in line with our feedback from last week about the boys pulling their punches. Like surely uh, they are not so squeamish that they can't have two do two super dudes fucking because, uh, because like so. I've, I mean, I will say that like, that's one that seems like a, a, a bright, like even HBO, HBO has um, trouble showing a male phallus, you know, let alone one erect. Um, and but I don't know, like a couple of years ago on American Gods, they had a pretty graphic male on male sex scene between a genie and a cab driver of all people. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, I don't well, that know. Was genie I, I, on after- male. That wasn't male on male. That's <laughs> true. It's true. It's a mythical being in the in with a very masculine presentation, right. fucking a human dude driving a cab. But um, I do wonder, like, um, uh, yeah, like if they if they shifted Stormfront to be a woman just so they could avoid uh, dudes, two super dudes pile driving each other. Uh, I'm going to give Maybe. a little bit more weight to that last week's email about like, is this show just kind of like you know getting its edgy stuff on but then like oh god you know dudes having sex can't do that yeah um i don't know. But I have to check it out don't know don't know don't tell me don't want any spoilers just yet so all right butcher and kamiko watch homelander and stormfront interact on tv and realize that they're banging the other boys show up with annie and give her a tour uh of the, of the hideout she gets a hug from kamiko and she gets the side eye from butcher Annie tells the boys that Stan Edgar is close to a breakthrough at the Sage Grove Psychiatric Facility in Pennsylvania. Um, and Butcher invites Annie to go along, but really only as their cover and, and and you know, bait for any supers who might show up to try and stop them. Right. If, if uh, you got five people running away from a scene and one of them is your billion dollar asset to just remove their tracking device. I, so I, I guess that is the show kind of telling us that she is going to be persona non grata as soon as they find mm-hmm. this out. Yeah, I think uh, so. That they should just, just just be assumed enemy on site. Um, yeah, I do love that Butcher and Kamiko scene where they're watching them flirt on camera and be like, they're fucking. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, so the Deep goes to Maeve's trailer to tell her that they found some wreckage from the plane, uh, the, the one that Homeland lasered last season. She tells him not to say a word to anyone if he wants back in the Seven. And... 
I absolutely love the way that he sneaks into this trailer. I, I don't know if you noticed it, but the way he walks in with his big old step, like he's being, I don't know, stealthy. It's ridiculous. The Deep is such an idiot. It also pairs like when he's because she's like, you know, no one saw you, right? And he's like, oh, no one knows I'm here and what I'm here for. And then the first thing out of his word that has mouth of a train is like, what are you here for? Oh, I just hear seeing my nobody, nobody in particular. Like he is yeah. just above Homer Simpson level stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do love it. I also love him like talking about like, you know, I've been putting a word out to my contacts and it turns out it's like a school, a rowdy school, a halibut. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah. I mean, it's insanely useful. Think about like how crazy useful a guy like Aquaman would be to like we would solve that down Malaysian airliner in like sixteen minutes, right? Oh yeah, you just go out there and uh, it'd be like, I don't know, it'd be like watching a film noir detective go into a seedy bar, just going up to a reef, like, hey, what's the scuttlebutt? You know, have you heard anything about a jetliner going down? Any oil slicks out there? Like, I kind of. I kind of want to see them visualize something like this. Mm-hmm. Him working his contacts and like what is a rowdy like like what's a rowdy school of halibut get up to that that classifies as, as rowdy. I would love to see that. <laughs> I'm picturing like a Don Knotts uh fucking what is it Mr. Limpet? Is that the name of the fish that he yeah. turns into? From- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Is it a Disney movie? I don't even fucking remember. Yeah, it's called the freaking fucking fucking limpet is what they call it. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Don Knotts known for his just foul mouth. Um, I I do love how quickly they're setting up and answering these mysteries because I was thinking like, oh, man, I wonder how long they're going to keep us on the the hook for what the hell is on this GoPro looking thing. Not just like another 20, 30 minutes. It's yes, it's, it's it's good. Yeah. Like the mystery of the show is enduring that they don't have to keep inventing these little mysteries uh, to to keep us enticed. Yeah, and them revealing like what their plan is this episode doesn't say anything about whether or not it's going to work. And like, I don't have high right. hopes for it. Right? You know, Home- Homelander wants to; he'll just laser you. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's a dangerous game, but they know that. Uh, the the other thing that's hilarious in this scene is this pride bar. Uh, Brave Maeve Pride Bar, which oh god, the cynical way you can't be using proud her sexuality. You can't be proud on an empty stomach. <laughs> god, it's pretty. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, she's vaping too. I don't know if they're trying to do anything with that. She, Maeve's a vapor. Yeah, just it is wild to see in like a superhero vaping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 kind of I don't know what it why, but it is a statement. All right, Ashley shows A-Train a demo of his very own retirement anthem. Uh, He gets the stink eye from Stormfront, and then the Deep uh, shows up and conveys his condolences to A-Train over getting kicked out of the Seven uh, and offers him a fresca, which I guess is now just code for, hey, I want to talk to you about the cult I'm in. It's got to have some kind of actual like on the border of Compound V. Like I, I I wouldn't be surprised if these are two joint like parallel operations to like you know if you got a disaffected superhero that might like talk a shit or run amok you co-opt them with this mind control organization and slip them fresca that might nullify their power somehow and it doesn't seem like it does it did that to the deep but i don't know also uh bro you got ass fucked with a soup can that's fucking the deep man he's he's full of them (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he entices him with the, the help from a mysterious stranger, which is something that uh, A-Train is interested in. Because there's no way he actually believes that this shit's going to be long-term good for him. He just doesn't want to debase himself in front of fucking fish guy. Yeah, no, I I mean, A-Train is proud, you know, um, yeah. and he's in a down, he's in a slump uh, at the moment, and he doesn't want to admit it, but that's kind of the way it's going to shake out. And he might be thinking there might be some still prime money earning years if you're a recent retired guy, and if you play that right, Nike and Under Armour are talking to you, but on the other hand, he doesn't know that they're about ready to jack his whole shtick, and it's really hard to make money as A-Train if someone else is the new better A-Train. You're going to be B-Train? I don't think so. No one wants to take the B-Train when the no. A-Train's sitting right there. You don't want the B-Train shoes. F-Train? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so the boys arrive at Sage Grove, and they decide to leave Starlight outside while Frenchie and Kamiko go inside, uh, and M.M. as well. Yeah, um, not much here. Like, there's, um, they're trying to, they're trying to de weird the situation between Frenchie and Kamiko. And I actually, yeah. beyond all expectations, I think they pretty much do. I agree. Because uh, yeah, Frenchie they has have... like some moments of of actual understanding and learning in this episode. Yeah, and he's like, I think it's both. Like he was thinking with his dick, but also excusing that by thinking he's trying to rescue someone that needs yeah. help and why he personally feels like he is called to do that. And then at the end, just in saying a sincere apology and promising not the uh, promising to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, I, I, I do. I, I thought it was wild. that She buys his giant bossy ring and she brings it on the job. Um, yeah, why not? But that she's got a, she's got a style and it, says something about her character. Yeah. She's bossy. I like it. <laughs> Uh, we'll see where that goes. We we have another flashback here uh, to eight years ago, where Frenchie's caught for this bank heist that he was trying to pull in the first flashback, uh, and he's interrogated by Grace, and she offers him a job and threatens his friends when he refuses, which immediately gets him to change his tune. And and his thing is, which I think they've established or hinted at before, but they make explicit that he does super-powered pharmaceutical bombs, like yeah. uh, weapons-grade Xanax to take down this guy called Behemoth, who's... sounds like he's he's essentially the Credible Hulk. He gets angry, he gets mm-hmm. super-powered, so you, you pump him full of Xanax, and that calms, that chills his ass out. Yeah. Um, and we almost got to see him do one this episode, but it got crushed before it could go off. Uh, that's kind of cool. And... I think they're establishing me that if you gave Frenchie enough time and chemistry, maybe he could come up with an anti-Homelander bomb that would have a chance of working. Yeah, uh, I don't so think that's this is the last we've seen of his skills put into action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, we don't know, like, can... I mean, Superman doesn't even have to fucking breathe, right? If he's out in space and yeah. he's got the yellow sun powering him, he doesn't need need any of that shit. So, like, I, I wonder what mechanism you could get Homelander... Uh, would, I guess you could get him to ingest something, maybe. But uh, maybe. yeah, I'm curious about how. I, I think this is a as a potential potential puzzle piece for how they're going to you know do in Homelander. So we come back to now, where Homelander wants to surprise Stormfront uh, with something, but she has an appointment, and she leaves, and he rearranges the the flower, the surprise he got her. Uh, clearly, he's clearly like. Yeah, love struck is not the right word. I enamored with this new relationship. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see that all play out this episode in spectacular. And it's like fashion. maybe it's the the first time he's thought this might have permanence, like you know, because it's a superpower person. Um, yeah. I did think it was confusing because like I was very confused about who those flowers were, what tra- whose trailer he was in. I saw the card for Homelander, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Um, but, but yeah, this this might be the first time Homelander's bought a girl flowers. I have to imagine, yeah, that's true. And then you know he's like super fucking hyper vigilant and protective, and like when she says, "I'll be gone just for 20 minutes," and then you can hear the clock ticking in the background. I knew from that first scene, like, "Oh, this is going to be trouble." Yeah. Uh, so then we go back to Sage Grove where Starlight blasts the fence and lets Frenchie Kamiko and M.M. into uh, the grounds. Butcher contemplates firing a sniper round at Annie on her way back. I mean, it didn't work the last time. Damn. I know. Well, he doesn't have Huey but, uh, there. to. He's Huey's on the top of the van, like trying to grab him and ruin his shot. Yeah, but um, I do. I do think this is the last time we're going to see him. Like, I, I feel like there has been progress in the relationship after this episode's over. Yeah. Yeah. And I Starlight mean, might blast Butcher, but I don't think Butcher will blast Starlight at this point. No, I'm just surprised that he didn't realize her value earlier, you know, like in his cynical Butcher way. Suits, like, man. Having a soup yeah. on the team would be an enormous boon. He's got one and she doesn't talk. He loves her. <laughs> well, yeah, um, he has, so. he, he, there's no there's no emotional entanglements, I guess, to Frenchie. But no, he just fucking hates soups, man. He really does. Like, yeah. you know, he's uh, got that. That's why it kind of landed before when he's talking to Grace. Like, I don't think he has any compunctions about gutting uh, uh, Kimiko if he has to. He just really pathologically hates this. These the Vought and the supers that they've created. Yeah, I, I feel like Kimiko is not a super powerful soup i don't know why like the the idea that you can run maybe a little faster than normal and jump a little higher and heal quickly she's strong i mean yeah she's like but she's like wolverine she's like wolverine without claws going against superman and that's just historically i mean super wolverine's willing to do it but he usually gets all of his skin blasted off and down to an adamantium skeleton at the end of it uh, and I don't think Starlight could take on Superman either, but I think she's more likely to survive longer. Yeah, definitely could hold him off or or, or sting him. It seems. Yeah. Um, occupy uh, him a little bit anyway. Her powers have some limitations that we'll see later in this episode too. Uh, but we go inside Sage Grove where Frenchie gets on a gurney and they wheel him through the facility. Nothing much. Here. I, thought was, I thought it was funny Kimiko insisting him being the gurney guy, even though like. Him and Mother's Milk are pretty good about talking themselves in and out of situations, and she can't talk, period. She will not talk, period. So it's like, maybe yeah. she should have been the one on the gurney. But she's also the super one, so true. maybe you want your best weapon like on her feet and, and not pretending like they're disabled. Yeah. Uh, and he confronts Butcher about why he's being a dick to her, and she compares him to Homelander, which pisses him off. But before anything can really go down there, uh, Stormfront shows up and distracts them all. This is scary because when when I saw someone flying through, I thought a it was Homelander, right? And B, once I realized it's Stormfront, uh oh, that's not really any less scary. And what's <laughs> yeah. she doing here? That could be even worse. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I, it's a little lazy that Mother's Milk was able to successfully bluff himself into the control room with the old patient on a gurney having a stroke seizure kind of thing. Like, sure. 
there's nothing in this room that can help a patient who's swallowing his tongue. Yeah, and this security and, guy's what trained for this, like. And he was big. He's this big jack dude. And I actually thought, like, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting because they're going to try this, and he's going to be like, get fucked, take him down to surgery or inpatient or whatever. But you're not getting in here. Yeah. And then Kamiko would have to like to rip the door off, or they would have to try something different. But. It just, nah, it worked, and then the dude got uh, taken out, and there you go. Um, no, I agree. That was a, l- a little silly, a little cheap. Um, a little weak, but then they, bro- they they went for broke on all the super villain powers, like the acid man throwing up, uh, uh, the love sausage guy, which I thought was just going to be a throwaway <laughs> gag. <laughs> sure. Uh, we'll have to talk. It was, it was, I was, I was a gag, all right. <laughs> I want to I want to save further analysis for that for for the love sausage to to come back into play. Yeah, but they also established clearly there's this one super. It almost seemed like she was aware that they that that they were watching them yeah. and uh, you know made eye contact. I don't know if that is going to mean anything. Clearly, they are building this uh, Cindy, I believe is the character's name into something because they really want you to pay attention to the fact that she escaped this facility at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the second time we've seen, you know, Homelander looked at a camera in that exact same way, right? As if he, he could yeah, hear and see right. through the camera. Yeah. Maybe it's just like it's, um, it's tying visually this into like, this is a Vought enterprise where everything is being monitored and it's like, it's, this is a naked lab where they're doing experiments and Becca's home is also a stealth laboratory where they're doing experiments. Maybe that's the the thing they're trying to draw. So then the boys, uh, like you said, kill this security guard. They find a whole bunch of, uh, soups being experimented on. They see Stormfront and, uh, Kamiko begins to lose it. And MM calms her. Um, Stormfront's, guinea pig demands to talk to her sister and the nurse lights him on fire with his powers uh which mm-hmm. causes frenchy to realize that he's lamplighter um stormfront leaves and so do the boys unfortunately lamplighter recognizes frenchy on the way out and a uh, soup is released during the struggle that ensues um the soup releases the rest of the soups and the boys are chased back into the security room as they watched all watch all these soups just go on a killing rampage um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you said unfortunately. Like Frenchie just straight up mad dog lamplighter though. Uh oh, that I know. was the opposite of playing it cool, but you know, they they did enough. Like like I said, they they did enough that like while that behavior is bizarre and um not great from a mission standpoint, um I I feel like that yeah, this Frenchie's uh, that's part of his character is that sometimes he does shit that's that's off mission. He gets a mis- he gets emotional. He's not as disciplined yeah. maybe as certainly Mother's Milk. Um, no, he's he's a, a passionate guy. Uh, and, he sure you know, is. When he gets angry and when something catches his attention, he goes after it. I think like they they did, and I'm not even sure they had done enough in this episode yet to make that all sit right with me. But eventually they get there by the end of this episode. So yeah, it's wild. I would have been very frustrated if they had not cleared up so much of this stuff because it would have just been bizarre, insane behavior on the 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 part of Frenchie. Yeah. Um. Do you think the Cindy character who squeezed a person to death? Do you think that that's the person that they used to kill Rainer 
the the person that got their head exploded earlier this oh yeah like the effect is very similar yeah um but i i don't know i don't know why they wouldn't go with the full body squeeze rather than just a head squeeze i don't know maybe her hands were duct taped and she could only get two fingers out <laughs> just a two finger squeeze uh-huh i crush the pimple pop the pimple pop technique right uh so lamplighter eventually agrees to lead them out of the facility as well uh and then this whole thing takes place with these superpowers you're talking about they got all the goods like they stole every hard drive out of this rack like they've got they're gonna have mm-hmm. like a treasure trove of information that they don't make a big deal about in the episode but like i'm sure next one they'll be like reviewing and going over all the stuff that they've learned like they're very close to blowing the doors off this investigation <laughs> the vertical lids the vertical lids yep uh yeah no i as as much as like Maeve's plan involves like oh I've got this information this dirt on you and I'm gonna blackmail you like what are they gonna do with all this info they've got about these experiments? It's also really interesting how Vought likes to get matchy matchy on the seven like they always have to have a fast guy right and we uh, found out this episode I maybe they talked to this but I I didn't really fully realize Starlight's powers is that she has. To, she can't make something from nothing. She has to have a natural source of power to draw from. Yeah. And she's replacing a guy who had to have a natural source of flame. He can't just make it. He can just manipulate it. I wonder if that's like true of all, you know, like, uh, do they need to get another a, a new? Invi- uh, and they didn't replace the invisibility guy with another invisibility person. I but, feel like uh, she needs to have an assistant who's like a, a super a soup that can like make electricity. Or can they build like a lipo battery into that costume yeah. somewhere? You know, like with, with right. the, the the breast padding, uh, the thigh high boots to, to tuck a couple cells in there. Like, there's there's mm-hmm. some spaces. Yeah, I'm I'm with Butcher. This is a sh- this is a shit superpower if uh, you can be disabled by a field. Uh-huh. <laughs> if a baseball diamond is your greatest weakness, then a football field, a soccer pitch, uh, it's it's pretty. You're you're in bad shape. Yeah, and what is the range on that, right? Like, is it 100 yards? Is it 100 feet? You know? Seems like it's pretty damn... Because they were not that far away from the hospital. Like, yeah, yeah it's within visual range for sure. Um, And, you know, that that acid, I guess, vomit is a pretty spectacular effect. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his face dissolving his own fucking face. <laughs> it tells you something about his... his guts i guess like his guts must just be made out of something you know a lot like our own guts you know uh you you put our skin our external skin through prolonged uh, exposure to stomach acids probably do some damage it reminds me of this uh, this uh old episode of simpsons where homer is at a chili eating contest and some the chief wiggum i think has made chili with this ghost insanity pepper and the only way to eat it is uh (laughs) homer takes like uh this this uh, candle that's on the table that's lit and he drinks the the candle wax to coat his entire mouth and esophagus and then he's able to eat it it's like yeah this guy he's he uh has to drink a candle before he uses his power because if anything besides his esophagus touches this 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 acid it's going to be bad for him yeah um Weak to your own acid, but I guess that's also that's like part of what Vought's trying to do is stabilize these powers. Um, it seems like one of the deals is some of these powers are just like, are they even? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, for sure. Like Love Sausage, for example, who we'll, we'll be talking about pretty quick. That's not a great superpower. 
I mean, they're probably he's probably been with a lot of partners who disagree. There's I was gonna say there's some applications <laughs> for it, but like fighting crime or terrorism, not yeah. not so sure. Not so sure. Uh so Soup wanders out uh to where Butcher and Huey are and Annie, uh, and blast him with a shockwave before Butcher murders him. And Huey is badly injured in that whole uh provocation, and Starlight can't help him because there's no power thanks to the shockwave and they abandoned the other boys to get Huey help. Yeah. Um, this would have been unthinkable before last episode that butcher would almost sobbing, want to take Huey to the hospital, but uh, mm-hmm. it all kind of kind of makes sense now. And he's abandoning his former team for it. Yeah. That's absolutely the thing that I noticed most in the scene is when he notices the truck flipped over he runs over there like, Huey, Huey, are you hurt? Are you hurt? Are you okay? Right, yeah. Like, he's yeah. genuinely concerned. Before last episode, he'd have been like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. He would have been the one running over, and he would have been like, oh, oh sure. he's fine. He's fine. He's just right. He's no rules, just right. <laughs> he's like uh, a blooming onion. <laughs> Fried of golden perfection. I do wonder why they are hauling jagged scrap metal around in the back of that van. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you know like uh, if if there was like a bayonet or like a big sword or something that like butchers hauling around, but it just looks like some kind of like thing broke loose and impaled him. Like the van got rolled, right? It, yeah. How 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 did that happen? But whatever, he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. I I wasn't questioning it too much. It's not that kind of show, Jim. Yeah. Homelander impatiently waits for Stormfront to return and eventually lasers his entire trailer, or at least. That's the implication here, I think. Uh, flowers her included. Tra- was it his trailer or her trailer? I think it's... Oh, actually, that might be her trailer. But they establishes That's what I'm saying. Is these flowers don't make a hell of a lot of sense. Unless want- he was planning on giving them to her himself. But then why would he send... The, like, why would he have the card with the note on it? It's almost like he wanted her to go in and be surprised by it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I it, there's there's something that doesn't quite. But you could also excuse it by like again. I don't know that this guy knows how giving flowers works or even why you sure. do it or yeah. So, but yeah, he did burn. I do love the the clock ticking motif that like just to sell his impatience. Um, and it's yeah. not even a long time, right? It's like twenty minutes or whatever, and he's already. I think she ran. Yeah, on. yeah. Like he's like maybe she's uh, forty minutes late, but uh, sure. Yeah, so Stormfront shows back up. He lies about the trailer and lets her know that he's aware that she lied to him about this meeting that she claimed to have. Uh, she th- At this point, this is where I start to question, she might be too deep in on this. Like, Homelander might be so unstable, so, I don't know. He might be a lot less stable and a lot less manipulatable than she thinks. Uh, and you know that that final look like I'm like is she afraid is she concerned is she thinking she's in too deep um on second watch I reinterpreted it as kind of like 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 motherly concern yeah, uh, yeah. with the knowledge of what's going to happen and I think that's kind of what it is kind of but you know that's also fucked up and <laughs> when you take it into in totality but it is mm-hmm. like she's got big Madeline energy uh and with the physical presence to back it up yeah. Uh, then the deep and a train share a meal with some some head of some some guy of importance within uh, the church of the collective, which turns into a truth exchange after a train is coerced into hearing the deep out. 
Yeah, and I th- this guy I recognize. He was the guy that took over as the pediatrician on ER after uh, George Clooney blew up and left. Huh. Um. Okay. I, he's, he's got a certain like suave energy. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I I really liked him. I was trying to uh, Goran Visinjic is his name. Huh. Uh. And I haven't seen him on anything since that that the, since I stopped watching ER like twenty years ago. Um, but it's really God. The guy looks amazing, and he plays really well. This like very charismatic, uh, professional, um, almost business manager type cult leader. I thought. Yeah, is he supposed to be the actual leader? Is he supposed to be I think, like the cat uh, Miscavige or whatever his name is of? Yeah, they, the yeah, church? yeah, yeah. I think he's exactly what he's supposed to be. Okay. Like, like I said, this very intense, almost CEO type uh, uh, church guy. It's amazing how fast the deep has run through the ranks here, I guess, of the the church. But you would, right? If like, let's assume that he's their first soup that they've been able to indoctrinate. Actually, we know we know that he's not, not the eagle, but he's the first big one. Like they've yeah. worked their way up to hierarchy, and now they got a member, a former m- member of the seven. But I. I that is that checks out because like Scientologists, mm-hmm. celebrities are fast tracked through the system. They get preferential treatment. They don't get to see yep. like some of the the dirt and the dirty stuff. They're shielded from all that. Like they go to special retreats that are only for them, and the rank and file don't go. If they're there, they're like brainwashed servants or whatnot. So uh, again, I'm not sure why the Scientology commentary. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's of a piece with anything else because it's not like. I mean, our sci- is, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a nod to the comics because Scientology did blow up a couple of years ago with the Leah Remini uh, anti-cult doc, but I feel like that kind of like did them in, um, y- you know. Did, did it? I assume they're still operating it. Yeah, that's true, because I feel like I've been a, a, aware of like three or four different times I thought Scientology was kind of done in, and then right. <laughs> they just kind of keep doing their thing, so. But yeah, they're, 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 I have no idea how the hell this fits in with the larger plot, except if it is some kind of like, what do we do with off the reservation soups that are no longer useful? Can we, can we tie them into this cult kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and I wonder how it's all going to tie into, you know, taking down Homelander, you know, Maeve's plan. Um, and will, you know, maybe it, maybe it brings Annie and a train somehow together, like with their disdain for these, types of structures or something i i don't know there 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 are hints around the edges of each of these characters that could you know tie them together yeah and you see how effective this pitch is because it's like uh it's like ultimate carrot and stick we have all this dirt yeah. on you but we also have the way to make it go away and you know uh revealing that they're going to give shockwave this guy's uniform and because it's copyright like this stuff all is very plausible you mm-hmm. know um and, and it feels like in seven-figure debt was uh, surprising. Well, I mean, it's 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 it's. I felt like A Train's always been a little bit of like commentary on athletes, and that's like I've seen so many documentaries where these guys make a hundred million dollars, but they take care of their friends, they take care of their family, they got a cousin that wants to start a barbecue joint or a, a car wash, and then suddenly like they keep up this lifestyle. And they have no plan for what happens when they break. They're, they're, they blow out their ACL five years before they were supposed to retire and mm-hmm. or even just retiring. Just the idea that like you're not going to be making 15 million dollars a year for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, 
they exp- it's all very exploitative because uh, the NBA doesn't give a shit about you or the NFL after you're they're done with you. So there's a lot of that that kind of. But again, that's a that's a big plate. A lot a lot of things are good. Scientology, sports culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> racism in America, ultra nationalism. So there's a, a big plate. A lot of issues on it. So then the Sage Grove boys sneak into a supply room where Frenchie admires the drugs. Uh, Lamplighter provokes Frenchie and M.M. has to split them up. And we flash back to five years ago uh, where M.M. is announcing to his friends that he's going to get married. Uh, his friends being Frenchie, Butcher, and Grace, which, you know, he's he's colleagues with him at the time. Uh, Lamplighter arrives. Grace shows him a video of himself and blackmails him into reporting everything he hears in Vaught Tower, especially in regards to Homelander. And Grace is pretty uneasy about this arrangement, so she sends Frenchie to monitor him. Uh, yeah, no, I think um, this is a great scene because I love like Frenchie, uh, like M M-M, uh, like Frenchie's very happy for M M. The Colonel's very happy for M M. Butcher is just very Butcher, you yeah. know. It's very oh good good one, all right, real good one. Um. And then also M.M.'s idea of a fun bachelor party is like, you know, Frenchie's like, what do you think about transgender strippers versus like, I was thinking more of like a golf outing. It's, uh-huh. you know, he's, M.M.'s like me, except for I, it'd be board games and, and video games rather than, than golf. But uh, right. And the lamplighter also- when he walks in and his I looked at him, and I was like, God, that is a shitty costume. And then, of course, that's part of the show, right? Like they're they're right. immediately going to point out how dumb he looks and. But they also they, they they put it with like the big kind of DC Marvel swelling music when he like you know and slams the st- staff down. But they immediately like no, this is stupid. Come yeah. on, you can't look like this. And, and you got to note they gave him a fucking flame, right? Like he's got constant mm-hmm. access to fire. Why not give Starlight a battery? Yeah. Like you said, she needs a. I, yeah, I, I wonder. Well, no, there's no way that they are not aware of the limits of her powers. They created her. I was like, I wonder if like they, it's like not common knowledge that she needs a source of power to generate them. Yeah, but, um, no, they gotta be. But I don't know. Like, I, I the other thing is like I when I first thought when I first saw this, I'd heard about him burning the children, and I thought it confused me because um, when they're showing him pictures of stuff, I assumed that that was the incident that they're blackmailing him with, like him accidentally burning children to death. But no. No. So I wonder like what dirt they did have on these supers and how hard is it to get dirt on supers? Damn. I feel like with Homelander, the way he carries around, like follow him with a, a, a camera or drone technology satellite, you'd like you'd get a war crime on him in like 15 minutes. This yeah. is just daily life. But and it keeps happening maybe. over and over, you know. Right, right. It's a pattern. It's clear, like, you know, it's, it should be easy to, to if, if all it takes to get a super in line is to have, like, incon- incontrovertible proof of them committing some kind of horrific crime against humanity. Holy shit. Like, TMZ is the kryptonite with these guys. Yeah, it's why I don't think Maeve's plan is actually going to work out the way she wants it to. Like, you're not getting out of the seven. Homelander's not going to give a shit that you have blackmail material on him. Like... Yeah, I got some thoughts on that when we get there. Okay. But, um, and then, like, this is also just, like, it tells the tale of Butcher. There's so many people to blame here, but, like, you know, Colonel, who's very smart, is worried about uh, what this guy would do without his backs against the wall, Mm. where Butcher's like, nah, fuck him, we own him. Like, Butcher just is very careless and about pushing the limits and getting to the bottom line. It's because he doesn't have that canary. 
doesn't care. Yeah, doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, I guess he kind of cares about Beth, Becca, but he probably assumes deep down she's dead. Uh, it's all yeah. about his vendetta against Homelander, and it gets people hurt and killed. Mm-hmm. All right, and he flags down a car, but the driver won't give up, uh, give it up to him. Uh, he gets into a showdown with Butcher, and Annie is forced to blast him, and she is pretty distraught over probably killing the guy, but then it turns out she's not. Um, she she uses the battery in the car to cauterize Huey's wounds, and they load him in, and they take off. And, you know, Annie spots his child seat, which, you know, gives her momentary pause. Like, there's still something rattling around inside her that goes, oh, shit, I just did a bad thing. Uh, yeah. But later I mean, on, she... she- she professes to not give a shit. I think she, in the moment it's like, she's realizing she's losing herself, but she still yeah. has like when everything's said and done, she's like, God damn it. I mean to kill this guy. And Oh God, he had a kid. Mm-hmm. But there's also commentary on this. Like this guy pulls a gun. Um, you know, butcher's got a gun, but any, either one of these gentlemen could have deescalated the situation. I would say it's probably on butcher to do so, but instead they kept escalating and escalating it until, um, you know, one of them ended up dead. I don't think you need a lot of commentary on that. Yeah, Butcher, uh, like, just the way he approaches trying to commandeer this car. Like, oh, I'm, I'm FBI. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I left me ID and me out of pants. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. no, yeah. that's not how you do it. You just let He's the guy drive you. Why wouldn't you let the guy drive you? I. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't want to. They, they were paranoid about Starlight being recognized, I guess is the justification for that that he's like hey don't i recognize you and like they i don't know guys in the wrong place the wrong time it's true out in the middle of nowhere okay uh frenchy mcgyver's a knockout bomb for soups out of the chemicals in the storage room uh frenchy asks why the seven left them alive after what happened five years ago it's because lamplighter never told the seven about uh the stuff that they did uh lamplighter Claims that he actually didn't know that there were going to be kids there when he when he torched them in this incident that we're we're getting to. Yeah, he meant the 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 roast the colonel, and it turns out she was having a sleepover yes. with her grandkids, but she was gone. I don't know. It's a weird situation. I I was I was when he was describing this, I'm like, this is a very sad scene. But I was actually literally trying to describe like decide how the hell could it have happened? Like they're sleeping yeah, yeah. in grandma's bed, but she's not there, and neither's grandpa. Uh, where the hell was she? Mm-hmm. But whatever. Kids got roasted, screaming, very yeah. sad, very distraught. She went out for a fresca, came back, roasted <laughs> kids. for a fresca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not uh, a fresca in the world to put those flames out. Fresca in an almond joy. She just went down to the corner store. Serves <laughs> uh, are right. Lamplighter claims that, uh, or, or he wants to know why Frenchie didn't stop him. Uh, so does M.M., frankly. And then we flash back yeah. to Frenchie abandoning his mission uh, to follow Lamplighter when Sherry calls him and says that his friend is ODing. He he goes and he saves the guy, but he has to make this tough decision about leaving in order to get back to his mission, which, you know, the, his friends are disappointed with the decision he makes, which is to go back on mission. Yeah, he just shoots him full of Narcon and scoots, essentially. Yeah. yeah. That's all it took. He it makes probably... me wonder if Lamp, Lamplighter was waiting for him to break, you know, because he was aware of being followed and the second that he broke off he's like i'm oh boy here's me killing again uh-huh yeah uh, you think you could maybe tell sherry how to administer uh some of that narcon stuff but you saw how pulp fiction goes you can't t- trust people 
<laughs> to yeah. just have a, a, a firm stabbing motion on the, yeah. They, they get it right. They just read like a pamphlet <laughs> and do it. It works. Sure. I do think it's also something about like the nature of his powers. Like, can you imagine like that's got to be, I've always thought this about people with flame powers. Um, how can that possibly be good? Like you can't subdue people with flames. You can light them on fire and they die screaming. It's like true. that's got to be. Imagine if your superpower is just excruciating people to death. Like that's all mm-hmm. you know. You essentially could just electrocute them. Like that's not a good superpower. Having super strength where you can like treat them like a like you can treat grown men like toddlers and just physically separate them and you're invulnerable. Like that's a power that you could do inherent good with flames. What the fuck can a flame do? What about Purify, the- purge. That's the best of it. You're still killing. You're still the people dying, screaming. Mm-hmm. What What about the threat of flames? Like if they know you can I use guess. flames and you threaten them, then yeah, maybe some good could come of that. You never actually use yeah. your power, but they know you got then it. Then as soon as someone calls your bluff, it's uh, you're back to the dying, screaming. Yeah, that's what I loved about Doctor Manhattan, or like this uh, cherry uh, uh, share, uh, Cindy, Cindy superhero. It's like the full body explosion. It looks grotesque, <laughs> but it is like it's a pretty instant painless death, and it just like you know, just you know, deatomization. You know, like why dress yeah. it up? Why are you with those funny uh, uh, like storms electrocuting people? Uh, pyro guys burning them alive. I'm just going to full body explosion. They just they just cease to exist. Boom. Are you saying that all these soups are really just like their generic superpower is murder? Yeah, and it's like it's like which vicious type of murder do you want to specialize in? <laughs> yeah, you know, like Fair. there's not. Yeah, yeah. Their superpower is is super murder. Yep. <laughs> all right, I hadn't thought about it that way, but fucks you up, man. Can't be normal. Uh, so with Huey passed out, Butcher tries to comfort Annie over killing that guy, but Annie's not phased by it. Uh, she doesn't want his consolation, nor does she want his admiration or approval. She's kind of disgusted by the fact that she's winning Butcher over with her apathy toward killing. And this is a stock scene that they again subvert the tough guy, you know, the the innocent, normal, being corrupted by the rough and ready, you know, uh, the only thing, yeah, the only thing that lets people sleep at night is is rough, rough and ready men and women ready to dispense justice. Like her rejecting that too. Like, no, nah, I see you trying to give me that like manly nod of of masculine uh, approval and fuck you and I'll fuck all that. Because also, yeah. if you hadn't have been the way you are, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to argue with that because that's something that even Becca said. Like, this is just who you are. You can't. You can't just back off and, and play it cool. Yeah. All right, Frenchie finishes this knockout bomb. Uh, Lamplighter explains that Vought is trying to stabilize Compound V to work on people who aren't babies, uh, adults, essentially. He doesn't know why they're doing it, though. Um, Frenchie explains he didn't stop Lamplighter because he had to leave to help his friend who was ODing, and that friend only lived for another few months and then died of an OD anyway. Uh, a tentacle mm. comes in through the window, which immediately immediately i'm like okay well the boys isn't going to use a tentacle unless it's some perverse kind of tentacle and once you see the head of this tentacle i think everybody knew what was up uh i i did not i i did not realize i'm just like oh wow a tentacle comes and grabs mm and uh it wasn't until like it i heard kimiko knock a guy out and then it slowly slick retracted i'm like oh god that's a super dick 
It is. Yeah, it turns out Eamon <laughs> was grabbed by a super dick. Uh, they make their way out, but they run into Cindy the Soup, who refuses, or, or sorry, diffuses their grenade, which I, I'm not sure how that works. We'll maybe talk about it. Stormfront shows up calling for Lamplighter, and he reveals himself and explains what happened, leading her away from the rest of the boys. Uh, how does stomping on a canister full of gas that is meant to knock you out and rupturing that canister prevent the can- the bomb from working? The only thing I can think of is it required some kind of like charge or something to mix. And by crushing it, it just the chemistry didn't work right. But I had the same kind of like, huh, crushing a bomb disables it. I mean, it would like if it's C4, right? Because C4 is like uh, inert unless it's hit by a very particular type, like like type of electricity or whatnot. Like you can like squeeze and pound and whatever C4 unless it's unless it gets. Yeah, like you could you could definitely do that, but like yeah, something homemade chemically, gas, gas? knockout. Yeah, yeah, I, I, she I didn't get just it flicked either. it down the hallway. Like use her manipulation can powers she? to she, kick it away. She from can her. only crush, never throw. <laughs> so I mean the the idea here of what uh they're trying to do at Sage Grove of of making compound V stable enough to inject into adults is that is that just to increase the number of uh, soups they can have? You know, the the millions that that Stormfront is going to talk about uh, at the end of this episode, or is this like a personal thing that maybe Edgar is doing? Edgar uh, Stan Edgar is Man. doing because he wants superpowers, or I don't know what they're playing at. I do not know what they're playing at. I don't know what Stan Edgar is like because uh, you see this all the time. They played with this on um, uh, what was that? movie or the 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 david simon production about the 19 1930s and 40s america no oh it's about the plot against america right yep this this kind of like minority who somehow thinks that they can gain the favor of the majority and maintain in their you know like the uh um the the American Jew that wants to talk real about uh, allying with Hitler because you know it, it's 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 like that kind of thing like is Stan Edgar a guy who thinks that a person like Stormfront will ever accept him as an equal as long as he goes along with their evil ideology um, right like that's my number one question is why um, and and it makes me you know it leads to other questions as in like uh you know okay maybe that's how that maybe that's Vought's mission from the start but is that still Vought's mission as a company is it, are they still on this race war thing or are they you know have they they gotten past that and maybe Stormfront is just the only one still holding that candle yeah. lit um she wants to get the family business back to its original roots but it's just hard to tell because like you know it's real life is littered with these examples for example the guy who ran uh Hitler's brown shirts division um op- was openly gay and somehow thought that was going to save him. And then he found that wrong in the night of the long knives. The first purge, he was up against the wall, getting shot. So it's like, yeah, it happens. Like they, they, they think that, uh, you know, that they think that they're going to be the exception. And then once they, the power is consolidated, no, no longer have a useful role to play. Well, there's a straight white Aryan person who can serve this role, Stan Edgar. We don't need you anymore. Um, so, so I, there's Stan a, think there's he's a much, bunch of different, uh, he's yeah, smart enough or to avoid he, that fate or does he, I, I, 
I don't know, because there's like there's a lot of theories about why that is. Like, there's some kind of like self hatred there. It's like uh, if you're a gay person, you're like, I'm gay and that's not fine. But these other gay people who are acting this certain way or doing right. this thing that upsets me, they're the problem. And if we could just control, whereas they don't understand that no, everyone else just really hates gay people, yeah. um, or like Jews or bla- any kind of like minority that you can kind of lasso around and put a label on and stitch a symbol on their sleeve like that's that's there's always um, outsiders yeah yeah like the character of steven wasn't that the samuel jackson character in Django? you know uh candy's right hand like there's always a person that 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 is willing to support the system even though it's in their not in their self-interest for some crazy psychological reason stan ultimate um, uncle tom is that what you're saying (laughs) yeah or is he gonna like is he gonna peel a skin off and it's just gonna it's like darth vader you know this this proud black spaceman takes his armor off and it's just an old sad white guy at the at the middle like i i I don't i don't know i don't (laughs) His superpower all along has been to change the color of his skin. That's what it is. Yeah, he's the chameleon. Uh, sure. I don't know. There's, there's like what? There's, there's different ways they could go with that. The chameleon is Australian slang for something terrible. Also. Oh yeah. Don't even want to look it up. No. On the Australian Urban Dictionary, <laughs> which is called just the Australian Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they get Huey to the hospital, but he needs a couple of days of recovery. Annie and Butcher talk about the things they love about Huey, some of them which are pretty embarrassing, like him mm-hmm. using kid shampoo and Axe body spray and butt rash cream. <laughs> uh, pretty pretty good uh, scene here. I liked it. Well, it was embarrassing. Okay, like kid shampoo with Axe. Okay. Yeah. Putting butt cream on if you got butt acne? What's, yeah. what's wrong with that? I- I'm with you. There's no shame in butt rash cream. Um, <laughs> I-, I think it's a combination, just like... This is yeah. clearly a very childish uh, man, if you can call him Mixed that. in with like like 65-year-old man habits, too. Like, you know, yeah. you see your grandpa's putting on butt cream. But uh, plus the just the, the conflicting sins. I'm thinking like uh, you mix kid shampoo and bu- an Axe body spray and like Ben Gay or something yeah. like that. That's not. What the hell is that? That is. I don't know. That's nothing good. That's not natural. <laughs> That's Huey by Calvin Klein. <laughs> it's huey's natural musk Uh uh-huh uh so then maves in the shower and elena accidentally snoops her way into viewing this video of homelander lasering the plane and she is traumatized by maves involvement yeah i mean for good reason and you can see like mave trying to talk through this right and realizing that everything she's saying just sounds worse every every time she says something it's like oh no no, I can see how to someone who wasn't in the situation and doesn't rationalize it the way I do. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a person who has inched tip, you know, like an inch at a time towards hell and has rationalized it the whole way. Looking back at a person five miles back on the road and being like, it, it all makes sense if you live through it. Like, no, yeah. you just um, it's 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 sad. It's it's really sad. Yeah. So is that the end of their relationship, you think, or? Because we don't really see any more this episode. It better be something transformational. Like, I don't know if it has to be the end, because I think you can get past that. But, like, Maeve's going to have a lot of work to do. Because, um, you know, the way the way that Maeve told the story to Elena, right? Maeve was very much the victim. Mm-hmm. But she left off all the victims that she has created herself uh, through her own, like, you know, compliance, not standing up to Homelander. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, again, 
you be the person that tells Homelander to go fuck off. But it is, it is just got to be chilling for Elena. Yeah. And I, I, it's sad too, because in a way they're getting to some kind of new normal in, in their relationship, right? Like they're, I, I don't think they're living together necessarily, but there's like this comfort and this ease with her in the shower and Elena's just hanging out and, Seem like they yeah. might be living like they they might have moved in with each other though. Maybe, maybe. Uh, there, but there's always like open this now, right? other shoe that I'm waiting to drop the, for Homelander to drop. But in the meantime, there was some semblance of normalcy here, and I was yeah. starting to enjoy it during the scene. Uh, irrelevant detail: Was she trying to postmate something called sugarfish? What is sugarfish? I don't know. Like I assume that they're talking Swedish fish. Um. And I'm like, man, that's a frivolous thing. But like, also, why wouldn't you just call it Swedish fish? Like, you're suddenly shy about shitty candy uh, brand brand names now. Couldn't get the license for Swedish fish. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I didn't bother. If you know what if you know what sugar fish is, please send it in to DHS at baldmove.com because I have no fucking clue. It's probably Australian and it's probably dirty. (laughs) Okay, Uh, let's move on to MM getting word that Huey's okay. Uh, Frenchie apologizing to me, Kamiko, for trying to save her, uh, essentially to absolve himself of his own guilt. And he says that he'll leave her alone now. And then Grace rolls up and they show her lamplighter. She pulls her gun out um, to try and kill him. But Frenchie, I, I don't know, she clearly doesn't want to shoot him. She feels like she needs to shoot him for some sort of justice. Frenchie's able to talk her out of killing him, proposing that they use him instead. Yeah, um, I realized this whole episode I've been trying to think who the fuck where I've seen light lamplighter before, and I finally looked it up. His name's Sean Ashmore, and he played ironically Iceman, Iceman in like the first three X Men movies, the ones that had Anna Paquin as Rogue. Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, he's all grown up, and now he's playing a fireman. Isn't that wild? <laughs> playing against type, huh? He is playing against type. Um, I, I love Frenchie's com- um, apology to Kamiko because it's a great one. It's not. It's yeah. like, I. this is what I did. This is why it was wrong and why I could have hurt you. And I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, yeah. And also, like, when he's like, I'll leave you alone now. Like, she gave a pretty complex performance that's like, maybe that's not what she wants at this point. At, you know, maybe she's ready to to uh, pursue things with Frenchie. Yeah, but him and leaving Frenchie- it in that place is really good because it's now up to her. Right, like he's, yeah, it's it's the ball's back in her court, yeah, um, and she, she can play it at her own pace. Mm-hmm. Also, Frenchie just like yelled in the background, uh, <laughs> "Tell him about the thick penis around your neck!" Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. It's like nothing. It's just Frenchie talking shit. Yeah, it's just Frenchie. You know how he is. <laughs> yeah, I picture Butcher on the other end going, "Thick penis." What's that about? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are they going to do with Lamplighter now? It's a that good they have question. Him. I guess a man on the inside of this forest grove or whatever is a sage grove is not a bad thing. That and, and another soup on the team. Plus, I was really surprised to see that he was able to successfully fool Storm Stormfront. You know, into like, oh no, it's just, uh, it's just you know, we got we got our meds mixed up, and uh, some of the inmates were able to escape, et cetera, et cetera. I guess at this point, you you recreate the mission from five years ago, right? And have Lamplighter report everything he can from Stormfront since they're, yeah. you know, 
chummy. Because I imagine he doesn't have access to the seven anymore. Um, he's probably kind of like the deep in that way. But like, yeah, he's got real good access to the sage sage grove business. Yeah. But then again, they got so much. They got all the hard drives and shit. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, <sighs> keeping them, you know. Up, oh up yeah, to date you're right. On what Storm Stormfront's doing? I think. It's a going concern. I wonder if there also be a scene where like they realize that they've been compromised and they tell Lamplighter to just burn it all down and that gives them an opportunity to maybe turn a couple super <laughs> you get you get love sausage on your side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, God. Sure. Yeah. No, I, that's that's another one. Because uh, I, I feel like that's what Vought would do. It's like, oh, my God, these these people came in, stole all of our shit. They got all this data on us. Let's just fucking liquidate this whole thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Stormfront tries to apologize to Homelander by promising never to lie to him again and showing him pictures that prove that she's Liberty and that she doesn't age. Uh, she declares that everything Vought has done since the creation of Compound V has been part of a race war. And Homelander is the culmination of their dreams. And that works on Homelander. Uh, he's turned on by that and he kisses her. That's exactly what he wants. Like, this is like uh, his metaphorical mother saying that you are the true legacy of everything I fought for. I'm so proud of you. I love you complete, completely. And he also can have sex with her mm-hmm. and he can't hurt her or at least like accidentally as easily as other people. Like, this is like literally his perfect. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I've talked about a lot of the implications here already um, about this race war that's going on and how that recasts sort of the shining light uh, liberation army as you know some counter. You know, they already were um, sort of some resistance underground cell sort of thing, but uh-huh. now even more so now that I know it's a race war, um, and it kind of explains why maybe they were experimenting on Kamiko and her brother like they're probably not going to give superpowers to a bunch of white dudes right what do you think because like the other thing they've 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 let the Ryan situation go for a couple episodes Um, do you think that Homelander's just gotten bored with him because I imagine that uh, this is something a stormfront might instigate like you know that you got to you know, you, we got to get this kid on our side or we got to raise him right or something. I, I, I don't know how they're going to get back to that story plot because it feels almost like abandoned. Um, yeah, I mean, but, I think uh, it could be a situation where Homelander decides that he and Stormfront are going to be uh, Ryan's new parents. Like, Becca's out of the picture it, now. The thing that ties them together, is she said essentially exactly his pitch to Ryan. Like, that, hey, none of us have to be alone ever again now. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know that was like what Homelander was trying to do with with Ryan. Um, I it's it's wild, and then the Golden Girls theme playing over it was just the icing on the cake for sure. Did you stick around long enough to hear the A Train anthem after the Golden Girls? No, I didn't. When yeah, did they, that start up? They play that whole thing out, and it's bad. It's like the most soulless, lifeless rap pop. Uh, did they get little Nas X to do it or is it still the like schlubby guy it sounded like it was a schlubby guy and maybe Starlight singing the the you know sung part of the so this is over the credits I don't know was this over the credit scene or is it actually transitioning okay okay yeah yeah I didn't pay attention to that unfortunately yeah no but they also established ridiculous they also established a Cindy character hitchhiking. Um, uh-huh. Wonder what's going to go on with that. 
don't know. I mean, it's like seems powerful if you need someone to be exploded from visual range, but you know, it's not something that's going to like be the thing for Homelander, right? Like what 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 are they doing? There doesn't seem like there's any shorter shortage of super terrorists. Like what what is the the whole point of this? Um other than to establish Vought's plan to have a, a race of uh, or a whole uh, legion of super soldiers for the for the race war to come that they're engineering. Yeah, and how you know stable or unstable is she? Um, is she gonna last out there? Um, what's her mental state? I, so many questions about it. Yeah, I looked into because I thought I recognized her from. Uh, I thought I recognized this actor from. Um, Orange is the New Black, but it turns out not that they've done a lot of stunt work. And in fact, on the they're credited with a bunch of stunts in the season one of the the boys. Um, and they also do a bunch of uh, art exhibitions, like really high end, like uh, weird gothic performance art, like dancing, but you're in a vacuum bed. It's <laughs> like like I said, biz, biz, bizarre stuff. Their their name is uh, oh shit, I forgot, I didn't write down their name. <laughs> Oops. It's like S. S. Uh, uh, Ed, Edgar Mosier or something really Scandinavian sounding. Okay. But uh, uh, that's it. Look forward to seeing what, what they do in the future. Same here. Okay. You ready to do some feedback, Jim? Yeah, let's do it. I'm opening up the feed bag. Uh, if you want to get some stuff in here, you send it to DHS at baldmove.com. That's Department of Homeland Security. DHS at baldmove.com. And we can consider your feedback for the next week's podcast. Uh, first up, Josh from Philly. Just a quick aside: the lovers, the woman, the deep was interviewing mentions. You remember this? This is the 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 two, two people, and I think Pompeii, the skeletons uh, yeah, hugging yeah. each other, uh, were genetically tested and found to be two men. It's just our culture's heteronormativity that had them referred to as a man and a woman. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, hmm. which I think it's. The kind of the kind of the kind of stuff that the boys likes to play with, um, although I also wonder like it's also entirely possible they're not even aware of that and you know, um, but I don't know they probably are. So also Mother's Milk's T-shirts that I've been talking about enjoying is from a, a real company here in Philadelphia called Philadelphia Printworks. It's owned and operated by a black woman and has a lot of cool stuff, including the Black Panthers tee. It's PhiladelphiaPrintworks.com. Thanks and love the show. I appreciate that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if getting away with it is the proper um, term to use. I don't know if I can pull off a Black Panther Party T-shirt. Sure. Um, I need to get something, something John Brown, some something, some John, some kind of John Brown T-shirt going. If you know who John Brown is, uh, well, that's your homework assignment tonight. Look him up. Okay. Pretty, <laughs> I don't. I guess I got homework. Pretty righteous dude. Um. Josh P says, hey, guys, I found it interesting that Homelander doesn't seem to understand Becca or Ryan when they speak in Spanish at the breakfast table. Mm -hmm. I instantly flash back to early season one where Homelander tells Stillwell that he is still the most recognized man on Earth. He says something to the effect of I can land anywhere in the world and people say Homelander in perfect English. Yes, he's smart and diabolical, but he's so far up his own ass that he doesn't take the time to relate. He skates on the fact that he's powerful and loved, yet two people speaking another language leaves him out of the loop. Uh, First, I thought the sign... That's the sign language Kamiko and her brother made up would play a part in taking down Homelander, but that theory is shot. I still somehow think that this will come into play in his downfall. Um, I mean, pride goeth before a fall. I mean, that's a cliche for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. But it is like, 
and the, the more we the deeper we get in like some of the stuff that was subtext is like really textual with with uh homelander like um oh yeah 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 i mean yeah. You, you look at it's not even that he says perfect english he says perfect american um mm-hmm. and the, the idea that like he's you know wants this to be about saving america and all of these you know super terrorists are are foreigners um yeah, outside of america they... No super terrorist born in America, that's for sure. Right. So, so yeah, I think like if if having Spanish spoken in front of him is his weakness, then he'd probably be taken down pretty easily. <laughs> like, I mean, you yeah, don't even need it. code words, right? It's just yeah, trap him at a general assembly of the United Nations. Have everybody yeah. start saying you know stuff all at once, and he just uh, melt into a, a puddle of red, white, and blue goo. Right. Apparently. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's an interesting theory that you had. Uh, um, I, I guess now she's the sole remaining speaker of this language. Um, I, I don't know mm-hmm. if they can uh, if they can they 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 can make something with that. But we'll see. Uh, Taylor says I have a prediction for all the internet points in regards to Stormfront's fate. Although I find it likely that Homelander will end Stormfront out of random spite. Um, I mean that's always a chance. That's uh, always a chance. It. I don't. Did we talk about this? Um. Is it? Do you think it's impossible? Do you think it's impossible for Homelander to kill Stormfront because he lasered her tits and it didn't kill her? No, I don't. I, I think he okay. was still holding back, um, and I, I also too. think it did damage her. Whereas if he got lasered by her powers, I don't think it would do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might throw him back or something, but it's not going to like. Because uh, I, I, I got the feeling that like if he even kept that laser vision going for another ten, fifteen, twenty seconds, that it yeah. might incinerate her heart and then regenerate from that you know kind of kind of thing but uh-huh. um yeah I, I think we're in agreement on that anyway and and yeah he can end anyone out of spite like he mm-hmm. does not have a very wide disconnect between the lizard side of his brain and the the higher function side um nothing despite despite the fact that it might end up like that homelander ending her in random spite nothing would make me happier than to see kamiko take that racist bitch down I predict by the end of the season, Kimiko will either take down Stormfront with the aid of Frenchie, or her and Frenchie will make an attempt that will end both of their lives. Unfortunately, in the boys' world and often in our own, monsters are not always shamed for their evil to others, so I predict that Kimiko and Frenchie will be labeled as terrorists, even though they're the ones that destroy Stormfront. Would love to, would love to hear your opinions. Um, mm, terrorist again. Damn it. Yeah, the problem with that, the only problem I have with that theory is that it like um, it's like double secret probation. Like, they're already internationally yeah. wanted terrorist for this. So this would just be another crime. Now, I, I guess with Stormfront mastery of memes and like master getting your uncle, uncle Billy to share that shit on Facebook, maybe she would be arguably more beloved than translucent, uh, especially in certain, you know, like uh, segments of, of the American politics and society. So like it might make a, and, and, you know, like it's, it's shit. I mean, there's things you can say to inflame a situation, things you can say to cool a situation down, and it seems like in the the boys' world they're just going full blown inf- inflammatory. So even without that, like the last six months of the boys' universe seem like it's a lot more volatile than than it was before. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll make him even more wanted um, because I, I do think that there is a little element of that that the boys as a group kind of run around not really feeling like they are America's number one enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I feel you. If you can meet on a street 
uh, in mm-hmm. broad daylight, I don't think you feel enough like you're, you know, uh, most wanted. Yeah, like o- Osama bin Laden could not ever have walked no. down a random street in New York City and not immediately been torn apart by crowds, let alone people like calling in and, and having him arrested. So, right. Or cameras picking him up, things like that. So maybe they could ramp up the tension and be like, okay, no shit, the, the boys are actually persona non grata now, but uh, uh, right. we'll see, we'll see. No, I, I, I would like to see, uh, I would like to see, yeah, obviously I'd like to see the boys take him down, although it's also something satisfying if the supers start turning on themselves, you know? Sure. Then the, 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 the seven have their night of long knives where they purge all the, the, the people that aren't pure to the cause and that's going to be whatever Homelander probably judges. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have Jasmine, who says, I'm so glad you guys are covering the boys. It's been a little strange hearing the two of you discuss a show based on a previous work without at least one of you having been a quote-unquote book reader. That is that is kind of our shtick. Uh, but I've recently finished the whole series right when season two dropped. I found it twisted graphic and has some very sick moments. Um, some drawn so well it literally had me shook. But it's also hilarious and at times heartfelt, and I highly recommend it. Uh, she has a couple of questions and points of view between changes they've made in the sh- between the book and the show and she says they're not spoilers and I read them through they don't seem to be she wanted kind of our opinion on them um so the following questions are not co- spoilers they're more like pointing out where the show has gone in a complete opposite direction from the comics for example changing a character's gender or killing someone who didn't get killed etc um so butcher doesn't have an ant in the comics uh, I think it makes sense to have someone give some glimpses family background because he's not the sharing type. Um, I mean, I I'm assuming that they still have the backstory with him and Huey because that seems so vital to understanding the season. And yeah. I'm I'm assuming the comic they just probably had a comic where Butcher is, is young Butcher and young Lenny, and we saw what happened, and they chose not to do that this way, and they just had the ant do it. Um, and in one scene, so yeah, I mean, you can you can certainly do that. Like, I love flashbacks. Um, there are shows that use them all the time. Like Lost used a flashback almost every week. Uh, it, it never felt old, but I wonder as a writer if you get tired of doing like, oh, here's another flashback every week. Uh, maybe they want to experiment with other ways to tell this story. Yeah, yeah. Um. Then she moves on and says, Stormfront in the comics is a male superhero and is much more of an overt Nazi type. The cover art of one of the comics shows him with a literal swastika on his cape. Do you think they made her a woman to be able to pull off the I'm just asking questions, innocent yet still racist white woman uh, act? Or maybe to have a sexual relationship with Homelander? That's what I was wondering. Like, yeah, that totally changes whatever relationship they must have had, right? Well, I mean, that's what I, I think I asked this in the last pot. Like some I had heard that they had gender bent Stormfront and I, you know, this show being or the comic being as subversive as its reputation. Um, it's like and, you know, as much as it pains me to say that this is subversive, it is pretty inf- subversive to have like male on male graphic sex. Like, in fact, we just uh, I, I can think of two instances where I've seen it like uh, um in an episode of American Gods, like three, four years ago, and this week on um, uh, Lovecraft Country, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm wondering. So it sounds like that they just—that's just something they added, which is a huge. It's a big ad to make two characters yeah. kind of lovers, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. As far as Stormfront being more overtly racist, uh, I forget who said it. Um, 
but someone said that like if fascism ever comes to America, it will be draped in the American flag and bearing the cross. Mm-hmm. Like the the idea that Americans would not would not accept swastikas and all that kind of stuff. But like if you cloak it with the flag and the cro- and, and and religion, then it'll be more palatable. So I actually find I, I don't know. Like this this commentary is already pretty fucking on the nose. Having the Stormfront character be a swastika that gets a huge like uh, social media following that that might be a little much. So mm-hmm. probably a good change. Um, plus, you can air it in Germany without having to do any censoring. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stillwell in the comics is a man and not Madeline. It's James Stillwell. He's cold calculating. D- does, right? Does Homelander have any of the attributes of Homelander in the comics? Because those are like his two defining features. Like. Yeah. He, he's a straight heterosexual male, like, you know, alpha uh-huh. male, and he's got mommy issues that uh-huh. are like us and Stormfront becomes a stand in for those things. I. Wow. Wow. That's different. Yeah, no, Jasmine's saying the same thing. I'm still trying to figure out why they added the uh, uh, Oedipal complex to this thing with Stillwell as his fixation other than serving to make him even creepier or psychotic. I'm not sure what it'll mean for the story. And will he turn that fixation to Stormfront instead? Um, probably on the latter, but yeah, like I, that's j- another genuinely shocking thing to me because it does seem like it's built into his character. It informs his relationship with Becca and Ryan, Yeah, you know, like, God damn, that's, that's a, that's a huge departure. It seems like, um, okay, well, let's, so. I, I guess see what they have in store. Like I, you know, I obviously <laughs> haven't read these comics, so it's, I'm not going to start you know, complaining, oh, they didn't do this or they did this differently. Right. I'm, I'm it, just invested it, in what they're doing uh, and what they're doing so far is great. So especially since it seems like it's making the situation more interesting, like, you know, yeah, like yeah. Stillwell was all those other things like cold calculating manipulator, not afraid of Homelander. Mm-hmm. It's just now, you know, the the way she did it was her kind of like mommy sexuality. I wonder if they're um, or at doing least that was her weapon of last resort. You think they're doing more of the Stillwell stuff with Stan Edgar? Uh, or they will be doing more of that stuff in the show. I'm assuming that Stan Edgar's probably a character in the the show as or in the comic books as well. Could so be. like I don't man, I don't know. I don't know. Uh and then finally she says, What from what I gathered in the comics, Vaught American is more of a Raytheon or Northrop Grumman mixed with Disney type of uh, place. A defense yeah. weapons contract with the division similar to Marvel laundering the comics books, movie franchises, and actual superheroes. I thought it was interesting when Stan Edgar told Homelander that they were a pharmaceutical company before a superhero company, and I'm wondering what that means. Are they going to try to sell V as a drug to our military instead of actual superheroes themselves? Um, that might be a budget deal, because they would have to establish superheroes to sell off to the military, where you know you can have the same effect where you just pass a suitcase full of you know green vials and, and, and get the same kind of point across. Um. Plus, like, there is a little bit of, like, I, I think there's a little bit of, um, they just throw the kitchen sink into these cultural analysis, and, you know, there's a lot of hate in the pharmaceutical cunt. Um, yeah. There's a lot of hate towards pharmaceutical, big big pharma, right, for, you know, patenting things that could advance the human race or, you know, provide cures for things cheaper and better. Like, you know, why do we have to pay 1200 bucks for an EpiPen? Why do we have to pay $1,000 for months of supply of insulin? Something that costs pennies to make. Like there's there's a lot of that, and I think it's just another thing that they added to the stew. Yeah. But um 
Anyway, really appreciate all everyone's feedback. Again, if you'd like to send us some questions or make commentary of your own, theories, whatever, send that into DHS at baldmove.com and we'll consider it for the next podcast. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you next episode.